Ode to Chinese Superstitions, Haircuts, and Being a Girl by Dorothy Chan Chinese superstition tells me it's bad luck to get a haircut when I'm sick, and my hair gets cut twice a year because I let it grow, tying it into a ponytail, exposing my forehead, looking like I'm the protagonist of an anime which makes me think about my last name, Chan, also known as the Japanese honorific for someone endearing, Chan, like a friend, or someone childlike. I've been told I sound like a child when I pick up the phone, or maybe it's my pure joy to hear from the ones I love. And yes, voices are sexier than faces, so dial me, honey, let's get a little wild tonight. As I pour a glass of bourbon and picture myself in anime, cartoon Chan starring in a slice of life show about a girl group trying to make it, and you bet I'd be the rambunctious one, the tomboy rabble rouser ringleader on the drums. The trouble with the exposed forehead also, known in East Asian culture as a symbol of aggression, because an exposed forehead puts everything out there. You're telling the world you're ready for a takedown. And according to my father, good Chinese girls never show their foreheads. And I know he wishes I were born in the year of the rabbit, like my mother. The perfect woman with flawless skin who never causes trouble with the boys. But no, I'm the year of the snake, and I always bring the party, cause the trouble, or as my lover says, I'm sarcastic wit personified, and it's boundless, because I am Dorothy. Pop embodied in a gingham skirt, with a puppy and a picnic basket, filled with prosciutto and gouda and prosecco. But really, what is my fate? And my mother tells me the family fortune teller got me all wrong, because there's no way in hell I'd end up being a housewife with three children and a breadwinner of a husband. But of course, the fortune teller got my brother's fate right. It's moments like this when I wonder if I even matter because I'm a girl and not a boy. It's moments like this when I think about my fate, or how Chinese superstition tells me not to cut or wash my hair on Lunar New Year, so all my good fortune won't be snipped away. But really, What is fate? I tie my hair back and put on a short skirt, ready to take over the world, forehead forever exposed. Lisa Asagi, April 14th. On the second floor of my sister's house, lying down on the carpet of her room, surrounded by toys, between two child beds, one shaped like a car. On the short white dresser, a small ball of water in which an orange plastic fish bobs mechanically in circles, and I wish it would stop. And I am wondering if there is really a thing called stop, how it seems to have grown into an impossible thing. The motions of this living, the way the air is unable to be still even in this room, 
I can feel it moving over the cells of skin on my feet and my face. Not able to sleep, but so tired. As the house is being moved into one more day. April 15th. Strange sounds are coming through the plumbing of the house. There are canals and streams in the walls. Invisible systems even for water. Hidden in the clean white angles and sturdy carpet, the color of sand. I am standing in the hallway about to turn off the last light. Before going to sleep, I have seven nights left. Seven more times I can do this. And from this thought appears a small green radar screen, illuminating like a clock with only one arm. There are no numbers, an endless and even pulse sweeping around and around my chest. April 22nd. Stepping out of the front door into the middle of the cul-de-sac, how it has nothing to do with the sky but the positioning of everything and everyone sleeping and unable to sleep beneath it. And for the first time, I feel like I do not have to leave tomorrow. Inside this thought is a yellow, an orange feeling 24 hours from now, I could be 2,500 miles away. Unpacking, going through piles of mail. Or I could be asleep in a house or apartment not far away. Having never ever left, at rest, in another pattern for daylight. And here I am. A car driving by slows down to see what I am doing outside, so late, and drives on. I tell it I don't know. I don't know where I am going anymore. But something is happening. Maybe it is the wind. Maybe it is a lack of sleep. But it feels like one by one ropes are being untied and tossed onto a boat I am standing on. It is rocking. It is slowly sinking. And tonight it feels like I am getting ready to swim for a very long time. Soundtrack for home movie number three. We're on a train moving through January in Japan. Light is gathering outside the window. So much snow. Miles of brightness. We sit in the first seats of the front car and watch the conductor motion with right gloved hand to something or someone not in our field of vision as if making room for what is occurring. We're so far away. We are a thin crimson line being drawn on a map. You look at your boots. When the train turns, there is nothing, only a river. Here a small ellipse of earthly water, silver thick and lava hot, surrounded by frost under a sky swept clean by lateness. You are upstairs, asleep in the inn, between comforters light and warm like hair. You are here on a long and complicated business trip. I am here because I am the daughter you think has a sense of direction. This does not mean I do not know how to get lost. I am the only one here. In this isolated moment, 
which could be easily mistaken. A skier from a city not far from here asks, Why are you not married yet? When she stands, I follow. Evaporating. What is true is that secrets do not have to be lies. What is true is that you have always sensed this in me, this part. Disappearing and appearing acts with girls. Pre-dawn. The blue carpet in the former Olympic ski resort gives the room a feeling of aquarium. In this light, I am unable to rest. You wake from an immersed castle of sleep. We walk to a shrine whose underneath is occupied by a labyrinth, created by a monk centuries ago. A woman wearing a ski jacket opens the gate. As dawn touches the sky, we feel our way down narrow steps into wooden walls coated with layers, residue of tens of thousands of hands. A continuous search for a round wheel-like lock beneath buildings on earth. To find this has meant something, a thing about heaven. There is nothing here but blindness, a dog shot out to drift into space. One by one, the controls shut down. How you keep talking, your voice ordinary, winding through afternoon traffic. Your voice, your voice ordinary as if winding through afternoon traffic to where the air is warm. Rick Barrow, reading Plato. I think about the mornings it saved me to look at the hearts penknifed on the windows of the bus or at the initials scratched into the plastic partition in front of which a cabbie went on about bread his father would make so hard you broke teeth on it or told one more story about the plumbing in New Delhi buildings, villages to each floor, his whole childhood in a building. Nothing to love but how much now he missed it, even the noises and stinks he missed, the avenue suddenly clear in front of us, the sky ahead, opaquely clean as a bottle's bottom, each heart and name a kind of ditty of hopefulness, because there was one you or another I was leaving or going to, so many stalls of flowers and fruit going past, figures earnest with destination even the city itself a heart, so that when the sidewalks quaked from trains underneath, it seemed something to love, like a harbor boat's call at dawn, or the face reflected on a coffee machine's chrome side, the pencil's curled shavings a litter of questions on the floor, the floor's square of afternoon light, another page I couldn't know myself by, as now when Socrates describes Lover's wings spreading through the soul, like flames on a horizon. It isn't so much light I think about, but the back skin's cracking to let each wing's nub break through. The surprise of the first pain and the eventual lightning, the blood on the feathers drying as you begin to sense the use for them. Bird notes. 
cardinal. Through, though the rockabilly crest and bandit mask seem kinds of a kind of avian kitsch, the deep benedictine red of fall leaves and joss sticks saturates his belly and breast, while brown smoke-gray threads lightly stipple his back, as if he too had had to pass through some fire, had to be saved just to be here, one more version of come as you are, perched on an owl-faced parking meter. Crow. This snow is nothing. It only simplifies what he already knows. Of branch, fence pole, the collapsing shed, and last sore spotted apples. It's all the same, but the sky is ice white or plum black, wood smoke waxing on its skin. He has seen it all before. He has been the one enraged sound on the day's unpronounced hours. The staggering thing someone comes to find, exterior to time. Blue Jay thought fast, so that what was a branch caught millionaire's flounce became the confectionery, opera shoe lobbed outside to the tune of infidelity being played inside. The bird almost lost into its disguise when it wrestled off to a new branch and turned flag for the sky, only to turn tail again, more hidden this time. The shrub snagged piece of Persephone's dress left to the snow and rain. Hummingbird. Breaker of the sargasso of midsummer. Beloved incidental. A bottle cap nest could have contained him. But even the dark didn't keep his business from continuing. His bill's needle singling out the lavender while the blurring hinge of his body and wings steadied him. And like the bulb when its light goes out, he left a blush on the air he had occupied. Bernard's Garden As in an illuminated page whose busy edges have taken over, as in jasmine starred onto the vine-dense walls, stands of phlox and orange, the flesh of each chilled turgid. By herself, the sleepwalking girl arranged them, the paper airplanes now wrecked on the vines, sodden, crumpled into blooms, which are mistaken all morning for blooms. The paint curls out of the tubes like ointments. In his first looking, there's too much hurry, dandelions, irises smelling of candles. Two clouds like legs on the bathwater sky. Drawn out of the background green, getting the light before everything else, the almond tree comes forward in a white cumulus, as though the spring had not allowed leaves. Last night she asked what temperature arctic water could be that beings remained in it. Then the question brought to the blood inside her cat, the pillow of heat on a chair. His glimpse smudged, as in... It's about time I made you dizzy. Here are pink grasses, shrubs incandensed to lace, tapestry slopes absorbing figures and birds and deer. Nothing is lean. The lilacs have prospered into bundles, the tulips fattened hearts, 
pelts of nasturtiums, the thicket, the color of pigeon, gray netted over the blueberry loads. Then the girls scream, her fingers stirring the emerald tadpole water, the sound breaking into his glimpse for an instant, then subsiding to become part of the picture. Not the icy killing water, but the lives there persisting aloft, like the wasps held in by a shut flower at dusk, by morning released, dusty as miners, into the restored volumes. Occupations. Astronomer to the ten Turkish moons counted out on your fingernails. Surveyor to the shiny silicate scar of the childhood cut on your brow. Geologist to the fault line crack your wrist has long since healed from. Treasurer to the coin of vaccination darkly minted on your left arm. Farmer to the stubbled acreage of your chin to the nocturnal root at point rays. I was old. I could see this in the will of the ocean moving in, the lavish force. Among the seaweed were finger bones of driftwood, some feathers, flame blue and teeth white. The water was the same as I had known it, light green within, the thinning wall of its arc, the horizon behind it. I felt separate but unhurt, the smallest trapeze swinging on inside my chest. From the pieces eroded to chalk by the sand, I had to remember what it meant to have ruined something. Bottle after bottle, cracking against rocks. Dead things, souring in the salt air. This was my exhaustion. The ice plants glistened plastic pink. The poppies furled into bullets. I started to get cold, cold as a leaf on someone's palm. A line of breath followed everything that I said to myself. Somewhere in the cord grass, I found a pair of glasses, an insect leg, tangle of rusted wires. The sunset began to answer the things I had my heart on. The snow globe city, its durable lights, the view from a window down to wet cars, each roof a painted nail in black polish.